wonder what success actually means? How do you get it? And how do you keep it? We all want it, yet sometimes it feels only some of us get to have it. Hi, Teresa and Blair here. We are two badass entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, coaches, and business mentors who have had success, felt success, questioned our own success, and reclaimed it. Let's be real for a hot minute. 2020 has been a roller coaster ride, and many of us have started to wonder if they'll lose the things that made them successful. So we got curious, raw and real, about what success is truly about. Can you put it in a box? How can you get it? Can people take it away, or are you the one with the power? Does it mean the same to all of us, or are we the ones that create it? From PGA golf pros to doctors, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and spiritual mentors. We get together to meet with successful people from around the globe to dissect success through vibrant conversations and interviews. Make sure you click the subscribe button on the App Store because each week we will drop a new episode to bust through the myths around success and dissect its true meaning. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Dissecting Success. I am so, so thrilled. Actually, I should say Blair and I are so, so excited to welcome Farah Hussein this morning. She's an international business connector and accountability coach, an influencer with a following on TikTok, Instagram, and LinkedIn, who's passionate about connecting like-minded people worldwide. And this is exactly how Farah and I met. You know, you've listened to our podcast and you know that Blair and I are located in Canada in the mountains. Blair is about to move into the desert. I call it the desert, but it's still kind of the mountains and lakes and Farah is all the way in the UK. And so if it weren't for global connections, global networking and the openness we all have to really connect past what's right in front of us, what's in our communities and really expand our vision outward, we wouldn't have met. And the moment I met Farah, we jumped on a networking call. We ended up chatting for an hour. It was like something just clicked because she has the most beautiful energy. So without further ado, welcome Farah. I'm so excited. Yes. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. Yay. I woke up with a big smile on my face this morning. I know it's eight o'clock at your end, but it's about four o'clock late afternoon here. But I was so excited and I was like giddy. And I'm like, oh, yes, I get to see um, Suzanne Blair again. Y'all, thank you very much for having me. Oh I love God. that. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Blair. Thank you, Teresa. Gosh, you're so welcome. It's such a joy. And I know you're a big fan of the show, so you know how we're kicking things off and we're going to dive right in. Tell us, Farah, like, what does success mean to you? Whoa! Before, success was always about monetary value for me because I used to look at other people and then used to have like, oh, I'm so successful. I drive a Porsche, I drive a Jaguar. But you know what? As I got older and I self-developed myself, success to me is happiness. Success is content. Success is peace of mind. That's what success means to me. And it's really, really important. So success doesn't give you happiness, but happiness gives you success. And what is bringing you happiness these days? Oh, Blair, love that. What's giving me happiness? 
I've discovered me. Yes. That is what, that's what, that's why I have that spring there. I jump for joy. I'm grateful for what I've got and I've discovered me and I can be me, unapologetically me. And that's what makes me happy. Who are you? Who were you and who are you? Walk us through that journey. Yeah. There's a story behind that. I mean, I was in a dark place and then, and I don't know if you know about this, Teresa, but I, I'm... I wanted to be a housewife and I only wanted six kids. And I don't think that's too much to ask, right? But the universe only gave me two kids and it kicked me at my backside and said, get out there and expose yourself. Now I can talk about that now in a very funny way. However, at that time it wasn't very funny because at that time was, uh, I, my husband was a breadwinner I call him Mr. H, by the way. So if I say Mr. H, it means my husband. So I call my my husband Mr. H. So he had an operation and it didn't go well. And that operation made him disabled on his left side. And now over a period of time, it will deteriorate. And it's about 17 years now since he's had the operation. So 10 years, I was his carer. And 10 years, he was in depression because... In our cultural background, uh, so as nobody can see me, I wear a headscarf, I'm a Muslim woman. So our cultural background is that the woman stays at home and looks after the children. That's the kind of thing that I was brainwashed to do. So without realising, without realising, I was trapped. Yeah, trapped in a box, put into a label. So when my husband fell ill, I um, cried. And I said, and I wasn't very spiritual at that time. And I went into my bedroom and I said, this is how I address God, right? And you're going to laugh at me. I said, hey, dude, you put me in this situation, sort me out. And it was like electrifying feeling that went through my body. And it's very hard to explain. So I went to sleep that night and I closed and I just cried and cried. And then it felt somebody came and just cleared those tears. And that, do you know what? That was the best sleep ever. I've never had that sleep. Since then, it was the best sleep ever. But I woke up that morning and I made a decision. Either I can hum and haw about it or I put a big smile on my face and just get on with it. And that's when I started discovering me. And that's when my journey started. And my journey started by cleaning tables. That was my very first job because I hadn't a clue what a CV was. I didn't know how to conduct an interview. I didn't know nothing. All I knew was that I had to bring in food and pay the bills. That's all I knew what to do. So that's how, that was was then, and look at it now. And it's just amazing. And that's now when I look back, I think the universe, what they did was they had to put down Mr. H. Because he's the, the alpha male, the man, the strong, with great job, doing everything. In order for me to do what I'm doing now, he had to go down in order for me to be pushed out. That's the way I see it now. Wow, that is so powerful. And I didn't know that, Farah. And we've been connecting for a while. So I, I love when this happens on our podcasts and these stories <laughs> that come out. And, you know, I find it fascinating because one thing that I see coming up over and over is that there is pivotal moments 
in life where you have to make a choice. And it's kind of come twofold for you where you, you had to surrender to the fact that the life you had <laughs> and what you thought was going to be wasn't going to. And you have to surrender to the fact that that's, that's what it is, right? Like there is a, a surrender, but then at the same time, we can surrender and choose to move into a different direction at any point in time, regardless of the circumstance that life has put on us, which is so big. And I know that like, you know, I follow you on your Instagram and I know that you're a big advocate as well, um, you know, for that independence, for making your own choices, for ha having more of an open mind, yeah. um, right? Around that, especially also with the cultural background that you're coming from, which which I'm not, um, you know, I'm not sure how many listeners are familiar with that, but that's a big, big break in tradition from where you, you came from. And so I just love the conviction, you know, in which you moved forward and, and are here today and doing what you're doing and putting yourself out there and sharing your voice, your story, um, your perspective in such a beautiful way. Yeah. Thank you very much. Teresa. It's, it's not been, it's not been an easy, easy ride. And, I, I believe now, which I didn't know at that time, was everything's a process and we have to go through that journey and we have to learn. And every day is a learning day and I'm like a sponge and I'm learning something new every day and I get, um, I'm like I'm like a little child, so giddy. Oh, oh my God, I learned this and I did this. And it just excites me. And we should be very grateful for what we've got. Yeah, because we just don't know when something is going to be taken away from us. And when that thing is taken away from us, that's when you realize, Oof, look, this is what I had. So they say, no, every day, live your day as if it's your last life, because the last day, because you just don't know what's going to happen. Wow. It's beautiful. And you know what? I totally, I totally agree. And we've got, you know, Terry Lee, who, you know, she actually was talking about living a legacy, not leaving yeah. a legacy. And it kind of aligns with what you're saying, you know, live every day as if it's your last in the sense of you never know what's around the corner. So how are you living your best life? And I know that's something I definitely live by. You know, I'm, I'm going to be 36 and I've done a lot. I've done more in my life than a lot of people can do in two lifetimes because I love just new opportunities. I take risks and I do things outside the norm. And it sounds like that's what you you're doing. And you, you know, you were called to pull up your socks, get a, you know, a job clearing tables and now look at you. So why don't we talk about where you are now, you know, and your a bit of your journey from like, doing what you had to do and clearing tables to learning about a CV, a cover letter, a resume, learning about business. Like how, how did that path, that success path unfold for you? Well, basically what it, what it was is when you know you've got to do something, you just get up and you just get on with it. Your life is like an autopilot. That's all you know. And you know that you've got two young children to look after. You know you've got to bring in 
um, the money and pay the bills and that. So you just get on with it. But inside me, there was kind of a, a slow burning fire that was burning within me. And I don't, you know how you, you feel it sometimes and you don't really, really want to acknowledge it. So um, I knew that if I really wanted to achieve something, I had to go and educate myself. So then that, that's when I'd done my degree in business and in uh, psychology. At that time, I didn't know why I chose those. And it was just intuition my gut said just do that so I two two children husband not well and then but working but still I wanted to really empower myself by educating myself and then I just started working up the ladder and I went into different organizations but because I started here right from there from zero I understood exactly what everybody was going through as I was growing and I was growing getting up the ladder in, in different organizations the thing that I never left behind was empathy. That was the most important thing for me is to understand what everybody is going through. And because of that, and because of my experiences, that enabled me to grow very quickly and lead teams, manage teams, become and get into leadership roles and working with different uh, organizations. But because of my background, I was very big on diversity. And it was really important that I, any organization that I went to, I had a prayer room because that was me. I, I, I wanted to pray because that's my way of saying thank you to God. I just want 10 minutes and that grounds me and keeps me humble. So that was very, very important for me. And I didn't even hesitate to ask, like, why don't you have a private prayer room? And that's when the conversation started opening up. That's when I realized the power of asking. And that when the, the, my last job was with Nespresso Coffee, which I absolutely love, but um, <laughs> I know I've just had my coffee this morning, love my Nespresso, but it was headhunted and they asked me the question, they said, Farah, do you like coffee? And I said, do you think I'm going to tell you that I like, I don't like coffee because I actually drink green tea. <laughs> They love that. And, and I've just learned, um, Blair and Teresa, the thing I've learned is, be you. That's so important. It's just be you. See if you don't like me, it doesn't matter. Because I'm not everybody's cup of coffee. <laughs> oh my God. First of all, I love Nespresso. My husband and I have two machines. Yay! We're an espresso family. So awesome. Um, also love that we're not everyone's cup of tea or cup of coffee. And I agree. I'm not either. And my mother-in-law always says to me, oh, Blair, what I love about you is what you see is what you get. There's no BS. Like I show yeah. up as me. This is who I am, you know, and I think that just works the best. And whether you are an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur or, you know, you're an employee or whatever, whatever you're doing, just always be you and show up and, you know, good on you for asking for a prayer room. Like it is important. Like, I mean, like what were, were companies accommodating you? Were they making space in their offices for prayer rooms or like, okay, well, how did, how did that unfold? Because that, you know what, for the average person, that's a bold ask because someone's coming in, they're like, they want a job and they don't want to ruffle any feathers where you come in. You're like, this is who I am. This is what I can do for you. And do you have a prayer room? Like what, like walk me through that, walk us through that. Oh, that, that was because, um, I, I, as I was getting going up the ladder, my directors used to say to me, Farah, you're a victim of your own success, right? 
And that that time I was very naive and I didn't realise what that actually meant. What does that actually mean? Um, when I used to see people doing things and they were getting promoted and I used to get be stuck in that little job because they needed me and that's what that that is what it was but then I then slowly slowly understood my power and I started understanding me so then okay I'm a rebel without a cause let's just start from here I'm a rebel without a cause right and I always say if you don't ask you don't care right what are they going to say they're going to say no right I've already made my place I've already got my place there. I'm producing what you're asking me to do. So I was kind of a dark horse. I never spoke about what I'd done. I just showed them results. And then when I got the results, that's when I went in and I asked for what I wanted to ask for. So yes, it, when I when I went first for my job, when I was working in procurement, I, I then I said to them, can I have a prayer room? Because it's really important to me. And HR were in, the, in, on the, uh, in that group meeting as well. And then they agreed because they couldn't have said no. Yeah, because they're too scared. They would have been too scared. Because of the, well, what, would I, what would happen if, I, if they had said no to me? Yeah, because I boldly asked. Yeah, and didn't care. But in the end of the day, I believe I'm a very, I'm a very, I'm a very spiritual person. I'm accountable, I'm accountable to my God, right? So God has put me in this position as God is going to give me this, this job and money is coming from there, then it's for me. So if they said no, that would have been a sign for me to say this isn't my place and I would have gone elsewhere in a roundabout way. I think that's so powerful, Farah, because like I wholeheartedly believe that having faith and asking for what you want and not compromising on that like not settling for less is really a key piece of ultimately creating the life that you desire to live and most people and you mentioned that Blair most people don't ask and they sit in the resentment of never getting what they want but they're not daring to actually take the bold, courageous step it takes to get there. And sometimes to get there, we have to take a little detour or we have to do a few other things first. It's like, you can't skip the steps. Like you've got to follow the steps. You've got to be willing to give to get, but there's always an exchange. And so And it's so powerful what you said, because when we ask with conviction and confidence and boldness and we're like, this is it, people have a hard time saying no. (laughs) People have a hard time saying no, because it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I get it. You need a prayer room. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you're a great employee. How can we make this work? Right? So... When we start to live our life focused on solutions, right? And we're like, here's what I desire to get. Here's what I'm willing to do for it. Here's what I need in exchange for this to happen. And we get clear in our communication and clear in which we approach it. Things do drop in and things work out. And the thing is, it takes the boldness. It takes the daring to even have that ask, especially when it comes to, you know, and, and I, I think whether it's an employment or entrepreneurship or life in general, like 99% of people will settle 
instead of asking for what they really want. And yeah. that's such an injustice really to the world. So I just love that. And I love that this was something that's really personal. Anyways, I'm just fascinated. No, I mean, you know how you, you, the way you've explained it, Teresa, is you're right. From outside, people probably would think it's bold uh, for me to ask, but it's my basic requirement. Yeah, it's something that I'm that I close, hold close to my heart, and it's important to me. It brings tears to my eyes when I think that. But yes, I can see your point of view, but I just thought it's a basic need. That's what I need. Wow. And isn't that, I mean, it's also really interesting how like you're, you know, it is a basic need, but yet we still have to ask. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't, I can't relate in, in the way of needing a prayer room, but being Jewish, there's been many times where I've needed time off for Jewish holidays that aren't your conventional, you know, days off. And sometimes it was, you know, in my younger, the beginning of my career was a bit of a struggle to get, you know, time off to go to synagogue or do what I needed to do. So, but I always ask because I'm like you, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) but that's not even being a rebel without a cause. It's someone who, you know, I follow my faith. Yeah, I think that's great. Well, um, you know, we're, we're nearing the end of this interview and I feel like we can talk for hours and I just, you know, I feel like we're on a first date and I said that off offline <laughs> because I, you know, this is our first time really diving in. So I think you and I should definitely have a real first date on Zoom, hang out. Um, but I, I want to wrap up this interview with, with that one question, that one question we end every interview with. And that is, what advice do you have for people who are on their path to success? Well, I would say to them, and I do this, I say this to myself every single morning, if someone told you that tomorrow is your last day, what would you regret not doing? That gives me fire in my belly. That gets me going and that gets me motivated. Because we need to take that leap of faith. And if we don't take that leap of faith, we will never know what exists on the other side. Now, you may not get there the first time, but it's a direction, it's directing you there. But keep going, keep trying, be consistent and keep smiling and be positive. And I see that all the time. See that smile on your face changes everything. That small thing, it might be small, but... Keep that smile and, and and listen to your gut. Who are you saying has a small smile? No, <laughs> no smiles too small. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Thank you so much. We are so honored that you took the time out of your, you know, your day to chat with us. We're excited to spread your message. Thank you. To everyone who listened in for another episode of Dissecting Success. That's a wrap for another episode of Dissecting Success. Enjoyed this episode? Make sure to subscribe to Blair Kaplan Venables and Teresa Lambert's podcast, Dissecting Success on the App Store. And follow us on Instagram at Teresa Lambert Coaching and Blair from Blairland to stay up to date on our latest episodes, badass offers, and more. 